Hello, everyone, and uh, thank you for uh, listening to my Futurist Space Flight Meditations. My name is Giulio Prisco. I have always been a space flight enthusiast, and I call myself uh, a space expansionist. I'll come to the meaning of that later. Most of what uh, I'm going to say is uh, taken uh, from my book called The Futurist Space Flight Meditations. Uh, you can find it on uh, Amazon. It's a very cheap book, but uh, if you are not able to buy it at this moment, just uh, look for uh, a free online version of the book that uh, you will be easily able to find online. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, I recorded this video a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm not going to be able to stay with you in real time for uh, questions and answers, but uh, I'm very easy to find online. My email is very easy to find, and uh, I'm sure the organizers will uh, rely to me any comments and uh, questions that uh, you might have. Okay, what do I mean by space expansionism? I mean that we must definitely uh, start uh, pushing toward our cosmic destiny among the stars and beginning to expand beyond the Earth before it's too late is our most important task at this moment in history. And uh, space expansion has to be open. Uh, many actors have important roles to play and there is room for everyone. So I'm definitely not uh, a partisan of uh, government space flight or uh, commercial space flight or citizen space flight. All these things can uh, exist together. I think our next stop in space should be the moon, but here also I'm not very partisan. I mean, the moon, Mars, the asteroids are all uh, worth destinations that we should uh, pursue. I'm also kind of agnostic on who will take the lead, on who must take the lead in the next wave of space expansion, be it the United States or uh, China, or uh, Russia, everyone is welcome. And uh, there is uh, something to be said about uh, cooperation. And I'm happy to see that we are seeing some uh, uh, more cooperation when it comes to space flight. But, you know, being uh, human nature, what it is, there is still an important role and there will continue to be an important role that uh, competition must play. Uh, no, I'm not going to expand on uh, practical considerations in support of space flight in this uh, talk, but let me mention that uh, I'm also persuaded that space expansion will help find viable solutions for current uh, developmental, environmental, and social problems here on this planet. 
I don't have much time to expand on that because uh, the focus that uh, I want to give to this talk is another. I want to focus on uh, cultural considerations and uh, spiritual considerations. Now, we are starting to move toward space expansion, but uh, the road to the stars is full of impediments and roadblocks. And we will not advance as fast as we wish. Therefore, we must keep our mood strenuous and our uh, drive uh, strong. What we need is an optimistic spaceflight uh, culture oriented to the future with energizing visions of interplanetary, interstellar, and cosmic futures. We also need a futurist space philosophy. Um, and yes, I think our collective mind needs awesome big things and the spiritual awakening out there. There have been in the last few years uh, indications that uh, we might have found or we might be about to find <coughs> uh, signs of uh, extraterrestrial civilizations. There was this very good book of uh, Ivy Loeb about the hypothesis that uh, this thing called Oumuamua was uh, in an uh, extraterrestrial uh, spaceship uh, flying through the solar system. Mm, this uh, hypothesis is still on the table and I think uh, they are even uh, planning for a long range uh, space missions to go and take a close look at Oumuamua. There were indications that something uh, very strange could be found on the asteroid Ceres, which appears to which appears not to be the case. But you know, so the solar system is a very big uh, place, and if we look for it, we might find something really extraordinary. Uh, by the way, uh, Ceres, uh, Ceres, the asteroid, reminds me of the TV show The Expanse and the books of the same names, which are uh, full of uh, uh, very extraordinary things that uh, we might find out there in the solar system. This brings me to, uh, you know, UFOs, UAPs, uh, and the fact that there is a lot of discussion of these things is, I believe, uh, culturally significant, uh, very significant. But you know, I don't uh, think uh, these uh, UFOs things uh, are uh, imaginative enough. I believe the real reality will be much more uh, complex much more uh, extraordinary and uh, much more interesting. I'm sure of that. This brings me to 2001 by Arthur Clarke and uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, 
the film and the book came out in 1968 and uh, have been a cultural landmark. And they still represent a promise, something that we should find ways to keep. By the way, let me mention in passing that uh, we did not get the 2001 of uh, Clark and Kubrick. What we got, unfortunately, was the 2001 of Osama bin Laden and the 9-11. And this, I believe, has been a cultural uh, catastrophe that uh, has uh, set uh, the tone for a culture of pessimism and despair in the West. And that's something that uh, is very important that we find a way to overcome. Let's uh, see what uh, Clark and Kubrick had uh, to say about uh, extraterrestrial civilizations, which is much more imaginative, I think. In the book, uh, you read things like uh, a few mystically inclined biologists went uh, still further. They speculated, taking their cues from the beliefs of many religions, that mind would eventually free itself from matter. The robot body, like the flesh and blood one, would be no more than a stepping stone to something which long ago men had called spirit. And if there was something, and if there was anything beyond that, its name could only be God. In their ceaseless experimenting, they had learned to store knowledge in the structure of space itself and to preserve their thoughts from etern for eternity in frozen lattices of light. They could become creators of radiation, free at last from the tyranny of matter. Now they were lords of the galaxy and beyond the reach of time. They could rove at will among the stars and sink like a subtle mist through the very interstices of space. This was Arthur Clarke. Uh, let's, uh, let me read what uh, Stanley Kubrick said in a Playboy interview in uh, 1968. This is very significant to my point. Kubrick said, I would say that the God concept is at the heart of 2001, but not any traditional anthropomorphic image of God. I don't believe in any of the Earth's monotheistic religions. But I do believe that one can construct an intriguing scientific definition of God. They could emerge from the chrysalis of matter, transformed into beings of pure energy and spirit. Their potentialities would be limitless and their intelligence ungraspable by humans. These entities might be in telepathic communication throughout the cosmos and thus be aware of everything that occurs tapping every intelligent mind as effortlessly as we switch on the radio. They might not be limited by the speed of light and their presence could penetrate to the farthest corners of the universe. They might possess complete mastery over matter and energy. And in their final evolutionary stage, they might develop into an integrated collective immortal consciousness. They would be incomprehensible to us except as gods. And if the tendrils of their consciousness ever brushed man's mind, it's only the, head, the hand of God that we could uh, grasp as an explanation. 
Um, this uh, very much uh, summarizes what I think of uh, intelligence in the universe. And let me also point out that uh, Kubrick also said that unfortunately, there is a certain element of the Lampen literati that is so dogmatically atheist and materialist and earthbound that it finds the grandeur of space and the myriad mysteries of cosmic intelligence anathema. I totally agree with Kubrick. This is uh, something that we should overcome, but not only science fiction uh, oriented, very imaginative writers say things like that. Here we have Richard Dawkins, the prophet of uh, contemporary militant atheism, who said in a New York Times interview that it's highly plausible that in the universe there are godlike creatures. There are very probably alien civilizations that are superhuman to the point of being godlike in ways that exceed anything a theologian could possibly imagine. Uh, and uh, said that uh, the imagination of uh, Fred Hoyle in the Black uh, Cloud novel far outperforms all religions known to me. Would such a super intelligence then actually be a god? An interesting questions, perhaps the founding question of a new discipline of uh, scientific theology. And uh, yes, I think we do need a new spirituality of nature and technology. I'm going to say something about this, but let me uh, remind you that there is a great book uh, Destined for, for the Stars by Catherine Newell, who in the book argues that spaceflight has always been a spiritual quest. So that uh, um, spaceflight and the development of a new spirituality should, I think, advance together. Uh, what do we mean? by spiritual naturalism, which could be an alternative to traditional uh, theistic religions. There is this uh, excellent book by philosopher Eric Steinhardt, who that uh, came out uh, some time ago. It's really a great book. The only thing of which I do not like is the title, which is Believing in uh, Dawkins. The new spiritual atheism. Now, uh, I prefer to use the term spiritual naturalism instead of spiritual atheism. And this is not really Dawkins' theory, it's really Steinhardt's theories, and he kind of uh, uh, overstretches Dawkins' ideas to formulate his own philosophy which is a very beautiful one. Now, he uses this uh, mental image of a cathedral, like uh, the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, to illustrate the concept that, you know, this is a big cathedral and uh, a spiritual uh, place of uh, power, but uh, it's not something that descends from the heavens 
like in the Revelation book. On the contrary, it is something that is built from the ground up by natural forces. Uh, Steinhardt says that uh, powerful principles or uh, cranes are at work to lift matter to higher, to greater heights of complexity. The cranes, which are firmly anchored in the bedrock of physical reality, are strictly natural. There is no super, supernatural God here. Are strictly natural principles and processes based on physics, biology, and evolution, often still unclear. Steinhardt develops a philosophy of spiritual naturalism to show that the jobs once done by God can be done by natural entities. Yes, even life after death. Steinhardt has his own theories, his own scientific theories of life after death. And uh, uh, let's not make mistakes here. The possibility of life after death is what uh, gave traditional uh, religion their uh, uh, appeal and staying power. And this is uh, something that any alternative to traditional religions should continue to offer. This, I believe, is a belief system for uh, the growing number of people who define themselves as spiritual, but not religious. How is this linked to spaceflight? Uh, some uh, writers like uh, Frank Wright of uh, the overview effect fame, extend James Lovelock's uh, concept of Gaia, the living Earth, to the whole universe. The universe itself will become a living whole, and we are actively encouraged by larger forces to expand beyond the Earth and help the universe become increasingly self-aware. These uh, larger forces are uh, the same thing that uh, Steinhardt uh, refers to as uh, cranes. According to Stephen Wolf in the novel The Obligation, our duty to Gaia is to bring her seeds to the stars. According to Christopher Mason, the author of a recent book called The Next 500 Years, Humanity will remake itself with synthetic biology and genetic engineering and ascend to the stars. We will engineer at a genetic, cellular, planetary, and interstellar scale, and eventually re-engineer the universe itself to ensure that uh, life continues to thrive indefinitely. Mason argues that this is our uh, duty to the universe and to life itself. Let this concept sink in. Now, um, how is this linked to the future of spaceflight? Uh, I think we will be apprentice cosmic engineers in the unlimited uh, black sky. Now, imagine a scientific explanation to a uh, black hole to study some physics. 
there could be uh, black holes, uh, apparently, in the vicinity of the Earth, like a uh, thousand uh, light years away, in the relative in, uh, galactic vicinity of the Earth. And to reach a faraway black hole, our descendants will need to master science much more advanced than ours. They will need to understand things like quantum uh, gravity and deep quantum vacuum physics pretty well. Perhaps they will smugly think that they already know everything there is to be known. But I think new unexpected experimental results in the extreme conditions near a black hole will shatter their certainty and force them to develop new science. So we will need to understand the quantum gravity to reach a black hole, but once we are there, we will find out that uh, we did not know as much as uh, we thought, and we will find out new things about uh, quantum gravity and these things, which will enable us to go even further and find more and more things and so forth. This is what happened in the history of science all the time, and this will continue to happen, I believe. We will be apprentice cosmic engineers, but then we will be master cosmic engineers, able to play with uh, the building uh, uh, blocks of space, time, matter, energy, and life in ways that we could only call magic and supernatural today. Eventually, we will realize all the promises of religion and more. Um, I think this is really the essence of uh, what I call a new spirituality. And perhaps we will need uh, powerful symbols or uh, places of uh, power to remind us of that. And uh, that's why I want to end this uh, presentation mentioning uh, the concept of a moon temple at uh, Shackleton Crater near the South Pole of the Moon, conceived and designed by artist uh, Jorge Manez Rubio. Uh, I will uh, uh, participate in an online event with him in a few days, and I look very much forward to discuss his ideas with him. And I look very much forward to think of uh, whether we should think of uh, uh, building this moon uh, temple for uh, everyone, uh, including uh, both uh, traditional religious uh, believers and uh, those who call themselves uh, themselves spiritual but not religious for everyone a temple on the moon it could it could be built in virtual reality of course but perhaps it could also be uh, built in uh, physical reality and that would be a very nice uh, project equivalent to the construction 
of the cathedrals that we see around in major cities. And I'd like to thank you very much for listening to me. And I look forward to uh, listening to your comments and answering your questions. Bye again.